1: with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad.
2: This is another episode of Innovation Crush. Innovation Crush. And see, that time I actually waited for you to do the echo. I yeah, I, expecting I was it. doing a really horrible job at anticipating it. Mm-hmm. Now, I was like... He's going to do it He's gonna. When, one day I'm going to throw you off I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> just look at me and I'm like, come on wait. Crickets. <laughs> Sean you okay over there. All right, great. Um, so in case you don't know by now, uh, this show is where we cover some of the latest and greatest innovations in marketing, product development, services, thinking, thought leaders and all the other good stuff that's out there that people are doing. Um, today. We have a gentleman by the name of Anthony Petrillo. Say hello, Anthony. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. Yeah? Doing good. How are you guys? Pretty good. We're great.
2: How are things over on the uh, East Coast?
0: Things are good, man. we got a hell of a storm brewing above us, um, but I guess that's appropriate for what's about to happen, right?
2: Uh, what, what is about to happen?
0: Over <laughs> well, the next 30 minutes, I was... A- I assume you guys are going to unleash a storm. Oh, well, that—that oh, yeah. that is,
2: you will be innovation crushed today. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, man. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I did get an email that you are dressed in uh, kind of like a Wolverine starter kit. You got, <laughs> you got a T-shirt, and have yeah, been shaving and all that good stuff. Um and it, it, and the laundry pile right now. Uh, this is
0: uh, the T-shirt that never makes it out, and the jeans that uh, have more holes in it than Swiss cheese. So. Oh.
2: Nice. You got the you got the the bad boy Colin Farrell look going on today. <laughs> um so uh so yeah, so we're going to just start this off really simply. Um tell me a little bit about uh you, you know, and kind of what your role is with Pearl Media and what Pearl Media is. Just give us kind of like the 101.
0: Yeah, I mean um, me personally, I uh I am the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Pearl Media. So my job is to work with all of the agencies, clients, creative groups, get them excited about the work that they do, that we do, and, uh, and kind of create an idea around a lot of their brand identities and, and try to activate something that's, you know, I hate to use this term, but never been done before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't they all want that? Yeah. <laughs> we want something that's never been done before. So speaking of never been done before, uh, you know, from what I know, and uh, and thanks, Robert, for, for getting Anthony with us today. Um, Pearl is really kind of an unprecedented service set in and of itself, right? Um, can you kind of run that down a little bit just in terms of like the 3D mapping and the 3D projection and just all the, the really cool stuff that you guys are into?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've um, we've been building a company for the past well, almost over a half decade now. We're uh, we're going to be six years old on uh, September fifteenth of this year.
2: Happy birthday (laughs) to you! I'm sorry, I'm just warming up. Just warming up. We act like six year olds, (laughs) Um,
0: but no, we've been building a company that's modeled around uh, the idea. Um, I think you know for us young uh... talented guys in this business or self-proclaimed talented we wanted to sort of build something that you know it's kinda altruistic in nature we get these clients all the time that you know they know their brand they know what they're trying to create or the or the communication they're trying to uh... build with their with their consumer population and they come to us with it's either an idea or just an initiative and we've been building a company that says okay listen we've aggregated Technology placement options, PR strategies, mobile social integrations, photo sharing—all these great technologies, three D mapping, and um, and let us help to bring the idea to life in, in a pretty organic and free flowing way. You know, I think there's there's a lot of technology vendors out there. I don't think we really fit in that mold. I think something we do really well is focus on the brand itself and ultimately what the end game is. Whether we want you to buy more bottles of soda, go see a movie. Ah, uh, buy a phone, whatever the case may be, I think we do a really good job of helping to connect uh, you know consumers with the brands in a way that they feel like, hey, this is a great conversation. This is something I want more of, right.
2: So, I mean, along those lines, give me, like, just give me an example, right? Like, you know, when, when I look at the website, I see, you know, the one that definitely caught my eye, and, and, and I think Robert, too, was the uh, Sports Illustrated example. <laughs> you know, I love watching giant women projected on a building taking their clothes off. Um, and uh, I I can't let my wife listen to this episode of this show because I said that, but, you know, those are like, you know, and how does that play out? And I don't know if you did more of the 360 with a campaign like that or did, you know, or was it just more of that sort of, you know, big spectacle of a launch of, you know, the swimsuit issue. Um, But kind of just walk us through a a case study like that, you know, if you will.
0: I think that's a great example because it's, um, you know, it's a little unique in nature. Typically we're working with brands. And in this case yeah Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated swimsuit shoot, issue shoot, issued they're a brand, but you know they're a media company as well, and we were kind of all leaning in from different angles as
2: to I was, was leaning was, in myself just so you know <laughs> so again that Sports but, Illustrated the
0: was a joke There's a couple of guys here that uh, Sports Illustrated send over a, a terabyte of footage raw footage from the shoots to look through, and they you know everybody says in meetings, ah, oh, really tough gig, terabyte of, of footage, but um, I wanted to spare you that joke, but I guess I gave it to you
2: regardless. <laughs> no, that's okay. We it, we do this all the time. Don't worry. It, you're right in the wheelhouse of, of our entertainment brand.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that, what's great about working with with a group like a, a media group that knows they need to leverage their assets with whatever they do. You know, they we got a call from a gentleman by the name of Scott Novak. I spoke to Scott. And he wanted to know more about 3D mapping, and that's typically how a lot of these conversations start. Right? They just we 've seen 3d map building mapping out there we want to do something big large format sort of eye catching that has sort of a viral and social contagion to it and um, and so we started talking about it and I said, well why do you want to do it I mean that's usually our first question why do you want to do 3d mapping why connect it to this particular technology
2: and I mean, let's, so- let's let's back up one quick second like you know, just for the layman in the room <laughs> and, and also just in the audience, like just define what 3D mapping is, right? Like I think people have seen it, but they don't know they've, they've seen it or they've heard of it. and They don't know exactly what, you know, you've heard the terminology, but just kind of give us the 101 on, on what the 3D mapping is. And then we can go into, you know, sort of that the next level of that conversation. Yeah. All
0: right. That's I mean, 3D mapping is is the process. Of mapping a structure, typically we use large format buildings with some level of architecture, um, but it can be a, a statue, it can be Mount Rushmore, it can be a bottle on your desk. Uh, but it's a, it's the process of mapping that that uh, that structure, creating a uh, template of that in our platform, and then going forward and creating a three D animation show that utilizes that architecture. So if there's columns on the building, or we're, you know. Making Teddy Roosevelt's glasses come off on Mount Rushmore—it's using the architecture, and it's—it's it's all based on what we call forced perspective 3D. So it doesn't utilize—you know—you're you, not—it's not necessary to wear 3D glasses. It's all about from the viewing angle, us creating a almost optical illusion of 3D projection that these things are actually happening to
2: the, happening to the structure. It's amazing. Sounds like a- there's, there's a lot of uh, uh, pocket protectors in in your office. <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny because you know, again, you know, my job is business development, um, so I'm out there getting people excited about it. And then once we really start getting to a lot of the nuts and bolts, the projection lumens and the, you know, the throw angles, the the site plan, I just tell people I know enough to be just enough to be dangerous. And uh, and then from there on, I got to bring in the nerds.
2: Yeah, you you walk out (laughs) out of the room like I think we can do that.
0: (laughs) So that's fun. (laughs) And then I call the guys who really know about it. And they're like, why did you tell them we could do that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's always the, the problem between the people who are out, you know, talking to clients and the people who are actually making the stuff. You're like, wait a second. And then you, the, suddenly you have to, the internal team has to be like so inventive all of a sudden, which is always good. It's like, it's good to have that kind of, that tug of war, right? Like between the opportunity and the capability. And then you're like, all right, we need to, we need to increase here in some capacity.
0: It's uh, great. I mean, we're in a unique position where, we're pushing them on most cases, but they're also out there pushing us, you know, saying, I mean i, I once or twice a week I'll get a, a creative guy come to my office, drop an idea on my desk and say, We want to do this. And I say, Okay, I gotta go find a brand who you know who wants to do it and wants to put up the money. But you know, to have that sort of symbiotic relationship here is nice. I don't think that's that exists everywhere. These guys uh, are constantly looking for new things to do. And then, you know, fortunately, we've got enough clients who want to do something that's pretty groundbreaking. And, and the, the balance of the two yields a lot of really cool programs.
2: Sounds like your ride is coming to get you. Is that are you OK over there?
0: I'm all right. I got five minutes. OK. Oh,
2: so that- <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like you got posted up in the window with a rifle. Um, so no, so not. To, I didn't mean to derail you earlier, but you were talking a little bit about Sports Illustrated and how they came to you. They most times these conversations start with, "Hey, tell us about 3D mapping," right? And then uh, in this instance with the Sports Illustrated, you were going through that case study a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean the key is is to understand what the initiative is. It's to understand what they have at their disposal, and then. What's the purpose, right? Obviously, in this case, they wanted. This was launch week in Las Vegas. They do this every year, but they've never done anything to this scale before. So they wanted to understand how they could use it and then use it for their advantage to push out the awareness of go to the go to the, the newsstands, go to the bookstores, and buy the issue itself. So we kind of dug in from a creative standpoint as to say, okay, well, what what's this issue all about? They told us, hey, we shot for the first time ever on all seven continents across the world. We also love the footage that we're shooting, as you guys probably can assume. They spend a lot of money going out to Antarctica, uh, Africa, wherever they're going to be, and and take these shoots. They send 20, 30 people out on site just to just to get this done. So, you know, we wanted to utilize the footage, the beautiful HD footage they were already going to be incorporating, and then create some sort of three D component to it. Right. So what netted out on the creative side was the idea of let's center around the girls, let's center around the, uh, the content, the beautiful imagery, landscapes, things of that nature, and let's kind of create a 3D frame around it. So if the girls are in Africa, there's giant elephants spitting water. If they're in Antarctica, you know, there's penguins jumping off icebergs. So we sort of created a 3D frame to the 2D content, which is a unique sort of hybrid of 3D maps. Um, in the beginning of the show, if you, if you saw some of the, you know, the columns kind of bow out and, and you'll see the, the, the globe, there's, a, there's a, a lot of bumper 3D mapping af- aspects to the building. And then we really focus on the girls from there. But whenever you're doing something like this, the key is to understand the event nature of it. So, you know, if you do this and 10,000 people see it live, great. But the amount of money you spend to, for 10,000 people to see a really cool show for four and a half minutes typically isn't worth it. Unless you just have money to piss away left and right, it's really not worth your time and your money and, and your creative people's uh, you know energy. So, so, these, we'll,
2: so these aren't like, you know, see it at four, see it at 10, see it at midnight. Like, or is it usually like a, a one off or are there repeat performances? Um, you know, the, how, how does that work?
0: Over the course of the night, yes, we'll run this thing, we'll run it, then we'll run some 2D content in between it. So if it's four and a half minutes, we'll run the show, we'll usually have some sort of a countdown to the initial launch. Uh, once it's over, we'll run about another four and a half to five minutes of, of 2D content, which is a good place to kind of have extended communication with the consumer. You can you know, check in at the Foursquare check-in that's located at that event, you can... You know, hashtag or tweet, you know, what you thought about the show, we can live post it on the building. So you can get some sort of interactive integration between the shows, and then we go back to running the show again. So it's sort of like a staggered loop, if you will. Um, but we have done interactive 3D projections as well, where the entire experience is interactive. And that's the thing, I don't know if you saw what we did for Chevy. Uh, we did the arc- giant arcade claw game.
2: Yeah, no no that was that was amazing. I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting, you know, the fact that you mentioned sort of the ROI versus the investment, you know, kind of walk us through the art of the pitch, right? You know, it's one thing to have it where yes sports illustrated comes to you and asks you for ideas, you know, but also there is, it's a big each one of these is gigantic, right? It's a, it's a big production and it takes a lot of resources, you know, um what is the art of the pitch? Because a lot of times you go in the room and you try to pitch something like this and people may not get it. You know, you'll be talking to six people in a room and five of them are like, what? You know, by the end of it, <laughs> no matter how good you, no matter how solidly you pitch it, but then, you know, either there's that one champion or that one, like, how do you get them excited about this enough to spend the type of money that it costs, or the, you know, that, that they would need to sort of, um, to, to really do it and do it well.
0: I mean, I think you know, in terms of, of getting the value, the earned media, the, out, of, uh, out of what we do and getting your money's worth, it really comes down to what that particular client is doing in the marketplace. The least served projection we can do for a client is to say, okay, you go do your 12-month media plan. And then over here in Las Vegas for one night, we're going to just do a 3D projection for 1,000 people. What we typically do is we say, "Show us, show us what you're doing out in the marketplace. Show us what you're doing digitally, socially, what you're doing on television and print. And let us help integrate with that communication." So, you know, point in case, Sports Illustrated. They said, uh, you know, the idea is there's a lot of content on the mobile app that we've developed. There's a lot of content on the website. The what we want to do with the magazine is get is introduce you to the girls. What we want you to do with all the other channels is dive deeper and get to know the little the girls a little bit better, right? So you know they're not, you know, paper thin models that don't eat, smoke cigarettes, and you know whatever else. These girls, they'll have a will sit down and have a cheeseburger with you. So we said, great, you have all these channels. Let's build something so people could get to know the models right up before we launch the the show, and then we push everybody out to all these other channels. And the, and the way that we did that was developing a live pre-show. So we kind of replicated almost like the New Year's Eve ball drop. You know, we had two hosts out there. We had a step and repeat. We flew in all the models. We got this whole setup. And they, we were actually live streaming. You know, two, they were there interviewing the girls. They were showing some behind-the-scenes footage from the shoots, a little bit of behind-the-scenes or the making of of the actual 3D projection. And it was a one-hour pre-show. And that was live streamed on SI.com, SI Swim, on people, on us. And again, that's the nice thing about working with the media company. They have a lot of channels to push this out to. So we had hundreds of thousands of people tune into this projection live. It just they weren't there in Las Vegas right. to watch
1: firsthand.
2: No, that's awesome because, you know, what I find is that a lot of people, you know, uh, just when companies are thinking through marketing tactics, right, they, they think of the tactics and not the system. Right. They think of the one off. They think of, you know, hey, let's do this really cool, you know, spectacle as opposed to what how are we going to leverage that, you know, before, after, leading up to, you know, what's the long tail of uh, of the engagement? And it sounds like and even from a a service set, uh, you know, service company, a lot of service companies similar to yours are solely focused on their product. They don't care so much about the ecosystem, you know, but I, and I, I just, I mean, that's kind of like an, uh, uh, a tribute to you guys for, for doing that. Well, um,
0: uh, you know, when you, when you work in, in the little niche that we've created for ourselves and all the items tend to be high ticket items, you're almost forced. I mean, unless, unless you want to be obsolete in a couple of years, you're almost forced to understand that and find ways to integrate that. I think it starts, on the base level with understanding your technology platforms and what they're capable of and then just getting creative with the brands and sitting down. I mean I, I would say, you know, I think we're great idea generators. I think we're we're a great think tank as Pro Media. But I would say that seventy percent of the things that come to fruition in these experiences, they're client generated. It's almost like we're just kind of prodding them enough to recognize what else they can do. And they get involved pretty quickly. So it's 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 a nice uh, a nice Organic and free-flow creative development process that we have with our
1: clients. Yeah, that's great. And uh, so, do you have like a favorite project that you've worked on? Uh, I know I actually went out to like the the. I think you did one out in Hollywood for Lexus a couple years back, and yep. I, th- I thought it was great. Um, do you have like a favorite project that you would want to talk about and share?
0: Oh hell yeah,
2: hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah,
0: hell yeah, hell yeah. My favorite project. It's you know I'm a. <laughs> My favorite project is we did a program for TNT. It was for Rizzoli and Isles, and uh, that's their uh, their cop drama where the two leads are, are sort of conflicting personality females, and um, and so they came to us, and this was this is sort of like the heart of what Pro really does, right? They came to us and they said, "Hey, we want to set up a digital display." And we want people to learn about a murder and try to figure out who killed, you know, this particular victim, and then, you know, post their answer to Facebook. And we said we can do that, but what we can do as an extension of that is we can actually build out a physical murder scene. <laughs> That's movie, awesome. Dead woman under a sheet with evidence tags, you know, the whole nine. And we actually we built it to scale of photos that they provided of, of actual murder scenes in their. Um, in their upcoming season premiere.
2: This has nothing to do with the sirens we heard earlier, right? <laughs> so here, just double check. Nope. Okay.
0: I never know why they're chasing me. There's a, there's a <laughs> uh, But, you know, A, it's my favorite project, because it was my idea. and uh, But B, it was like one of those things where we got a good idea, and we were able to make it better, kind of understanding what we were capable of doing. So now when, when people walk up to this particular execution, they see a physical crime scene inside a room and it's pushed up against the window open you know view to the to the street public they're asked when they walk up to the digital screen right next to it they're asked to help Rosaline Isles solve the murder that they're looking at right there so instead of them just looking at it on a digital display and getting information and trying to process that information knowing that you know in that particular format this was done in a vacant retail space in New York City people walking up and down 6th Avenue they're not going to stop to just read read some information on a screen, see a couple of clues, and try to figure out a, uh, a murder. But they will what will stop them in their tracks is a physical body under a sheet.
2: Uh, even in New York, which is—I was going to say—which is ironic, right? Like you know, you, you, you think that would be the last thing people would stop for, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, there's a dead body. Hey, everybody, let's go gather around it and, and play games. <laughs> um, you know, and did people know? Like, if I'm a passerby and I walk by and I see this dead body, do do I know it's part of the promotion immediately, or is it kind of like as I'm passing by, it, it starts to unfold for me?
0: We lay enough things in there. I mean, just call to actions on the static copy, flashing you know icons on the screen. Uh, we actually, we actually laid over. It was a sort of twofold. We laid over a disclaimer uh, across the, the glass that was exposing the the murder scene, which was, hey, this is an advertisement for TNT. A, try to get people aware that this was an advertisement and engaging and interactive. And B, just kind of like, you know trying to hedge anybody walking up not paying attention and think that there's some exposed murder scene and getting some calls from uh from the new york's mayor's office
2: it'd be be a fun like little transmedia play just (laughs) like there's a real murder happening here like get get everybody all riled up um no that's i mean that's a that's an incredible uh incredible case study i mean just in terms of the immersive nature of it you know it's not just the visual i think when people at least for me and, and i'll be honest you know when i found out about Pearl Media, which was a, a few years ago, you know, I immediately think visuals, right? Um, and I think it's great that, you know, it's actually, when you say immersive s- storytelling or immersive s- storytelling for brands, it really means, like, actively participating, you know, sharing, um, taking a vested interest in, in the moment uh, for, for fans. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: And, and, and there's got to be some level of connectivity. Uh, you know that they can take away from the experience and and what we do really well i mean we have that point of engagement you see across a lot of the things that we've built we've, we've created that aha experience that really enjoyable experience that people kind of remove themselves from thinking this is advertising to this is a pretty cool murder scene i mean I you know i started uncovering clues on the screen and all of a sudden there's a spotlight lighting up fingerprints inside the room um, you know there's a there's that great moment where they enjoy it and then how do we how do we keep them going you know and that's evolved over the last few years i mean when we first started you know that that connection was put in your phone number and get a coupon for you know a new phone which if at the end of the day that gets redeemed great we we we've, we've achieved our goal but with the you know integration of things like twitter uh, all the different things you can do with mobile, now with NFC really starting to take shape. I, it looks like iPhone's going to start integrating into the next iteration of, our, of, uh, into the, of their phones. So now there's a lot of different ways to, to kind of go out and say, okay, you enjoyed this, take this piece with you, and we'll stay with you for as long as you'd like.
2: So along those lines, right, you know, the show is called Innovation Crush. And we talk about things that we actually have a crush on or people who are like really crushing it right now. Um, what other trends do you see? You started to talk a little bit about just the whole interconnectivity of, you know, experiences uh, digitally and physical. But what other like what tre- trends kind of do it for you? You know, what, what are you looking at? Do you go, oh, my gosh, that's really awesome. and That's really going to take off.
0: You know, I think it's um, one of the trends that that I see happening on the client side is really diving into the passion point of their consumer. Um, You know, there's a program we didn't work on that I thought was just so cool and so smart and so fun.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) it's, I don't know if you saw it, New Balance did a program where they dropped digital batons around New York City. And what you had to do was like a relay race baton and you had to download this app on your phone and you would download it. And every day they would drop like 10 batons and you'd have to run to that location it was geotargeted. You would have to pick it up and then you'd have to run to a new balance store for a free pair of running shoes.
2: Wow. I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard of that, but that's pretty, I mean, that's like super participatory, right? Like getting people up out of their seats at any given moment, right?
0: Yeah. Breaking a sweat. And the, one of the best parts about the program, you I know, mean, you think about New York City and the cutthroat nature of, of the people here, and uh, you know, you could actually wait and you could actually steal the baton from someone. So, if you ran past someone with a baton, virtually you could steal that baton and take it off and run. <laughs> which I love, like a New York application.
1: Chris, I would totally steal a baton.
2: From <laughs> oh, you. I don't think so, buddy. Uh, I, you know, I could <laughs> definitely outrun you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, that's really, you know, I mean, that's a perfect example of just, I always wonder why, especially talking to companies like yours, you know, why more organizations don't take those kinds of creative risks? You know, it's risky, right? Like, they could have dropped the batons and, like, absolutely nothing happened, you (laughs) know? Um, You know, or even you may have technical difficulty. I'm sure you guys have, like, backup systems but you know you're in vegas you get ready to project it's 10:30, and you're like oh shit there's something unplugged or just these different things what in i'm just kind of throwing this out to the group but you know why do you think more organizations don't take those kinds of risks and, and kind of stick to more of the traditional approaches and even you know oh i'm gonna buy a rich media ad or you know we're just gonna do something really simple
0: I mean, on my end, I think it's just that. It's a risk. I mean, it's so easy to stay the course. We're turning over CMOs every 18 months, VPs of marketing every two and a half years. It's really easy just to do what's working. Um, I personally don't think the media landscape is accommodating to that. I think, you know, it's ever-evolving. And um, the idea of buying what you're used to S- seems to me you know to be one of those things where how do you justify okay this is what we did last year this worked last year this is what we're going to do again this year when you when everybody in your demographic is getting a little bit older a little bit more tech savvy they're evolving not only you know as people but as professionals you know you, you just get acclimated to different things and i think you've got to stay with your consumer base and really evolve as they do i just don't think you know, and it, it's not everybody There's a lot of people, and you look how many programs we've gotten to do. There's there's those people out there that really do want to test the waters because, you know, I came from a background in film, and and I worked with some really smart marketing people who, you know, they really were on the cusp of, of social media, so to speak, before it really existed. And they were looking to push because what they got known as was the innovation guys. They got known as, like no matter what they're doing i'm going to give it a shot because they're always doing something new always doing something interesting I and mean, i think that's how coca-cola probably the most I, I, hopefully no from no one from coca-cola hears this but the most <laughs> brand in the world right the red and white coca-cola 75 cents a can in your in your 7-11 they stay relevant right. by just finding new ways to engage with people every year if they did the same Interactive or the same 3D projection program each year, it wouldn't be Coca-Cola.
2: Yeah, and I think I, I think on, on on I mean on that note, you know, Coca-Cola can also afford the risk. Like they're so far ahead, right? There are certain brands that are Nike, so far ahead that they can go. You know, they can they can get the best thinking and be super innovative. And and I guess it's good to have those organizations that are like laying a blueprint for for what the possibilities are um but also you know and a lot of times it, it works you know a lot of these work i it, and, and i don't know and maybe maybe you know because you kind of pay attention to the marketplace a little bit more uh, more of like the non-innovation crush like you know what's what's failed you know How, it, do you know of any case studies that you know that are out there that are like oh such and such tried this thing and it bombed fantastically
0: Top of my head, not real.
2: And don't mention any Pearl Media projects. I think you guys are are batting a thousand in my book.
0: Well, our competitors. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I'm sure if, if I thought about it for a little bit, there's there's enough out
2: there. Um, yeah. No. Next show. Next show. We'll do it on the next show. I was just I was thinking about it out loud, and uh, and and so um, I was thinking also like as far as the technologies that you guys develop. You know, is this one of those things that let's say in five, ten years, you know, there'll be an app for that where where I can do my own three D projection, my own three D mapping, like in my room and trick my parents into thinking I've been murdered and they see fingerprints all over the room?
0: I think so. I mean listen, everything's evolving so quickly. I mean, you can YouTube three D map basic three D mapping videos and they'll show you sort of using some of the the base level software, you know, PC based software that were Mac like personal computer Based software that you can download and learn how to do sort of a basic mapping. What what we'll constantly be tasked for is you know, what we've gone out and and established is is a group of artists who build these things for us. So there's an artistry to everything that we do. And that that lies within the talent, it doesn't lie within the technology. I mean, there's there's a lot of companies out there and, and across a lot of different platforms that have access to the same technology we do. But I think the reason people keep coming back to the Pearl well is because we have thinkers and creators that are going to help to build things the way most of our clients are envisioned.
2: Yeah, It
0: doesn't always work out that way because sometimes we don't exactly know. The client says one thing and is thinking another. But for the most part, our guys are kind of able to sit down with the client, see them face-to-face, hear, hear what they envision, and bring that to life. And, and there, in the human element, of the creation is where there's always going to be that that you know X factor as to who is building these.
2: Things. Yeah, I like to think of it as you know it's kind of this form of um, I mean convergence is an overused word, but that's kind of exactly what it is. Where there are a, we're in this kind of culture of tinkering, you know, like almost everybody and their mom knows how to code you know um and there are a lot of people developing technologies and when like you said when creatives get in the room or they get a hold of the technology that these engineers have built it's like all right now we're taking it to you know step 2 step 3 step 10 and and taking it beyond where an engineer may have thought the the possibilities were so um so that i just i like that you allow you know pearl allows people to play with the things that they make, um, I think Robert also has a question too.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah, uh, so I know you guys worked with a lot of you know big companies. I think you guys worked with like Samsung, uh, you know, Lexus, uh, Sports Illustrated. Is there a particular client that you would you know that you either have have not worked with that you would love to work f- you know with on a
2: project and and now's you your know. time, Anthony. Yeah
1: because the way I see it, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for you guys. Like, you guys could do a 3D mapping of a UFC fight, you know. Like, that could be something huge on the structure in, you know, Vegas. That could be a big thing, too. Shout out to Dana White, you know. uh, So, you know, like, who would you work with and, you know, what kind of do you see coming out of it?
0: Uh, Let's see. I guess um, out of the brands that are out there kind of doing different things, personally, I would like to work with Old Oldspot. Oh, I think they're, they're constantly finding, you know, I, I love their sort of, their sarcastic wit in a lot of the work they do, the irreverence of, the, of their messaging. Um, I think there's a lot of platforms for us to, to play with them and, and do some really cool things that, you know, they just did a whole web series of, um, of, of viral videos, and you know, just to be able to tie into a lot of the other channels, they, they they do everything well to me, and I think that's sort of the type of client we always look at. It's like they're doing TV well, they're doing digital well, they're doing social well. How, how do they do out at home well with pro media, and we can find a way to
2: connect with them? Um, I've got one word for you along those lines. What vision) <laughs> 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 Douse the crowd in Old Spice juice as they're watching the 3D mapping experience. And um, you guys have a, like a whole other slate of services. You, I mean, you offer. I know we spent a lot of time talking about the 3D mapping, and just because, because it, in our eyes, it's it's really out there, is It's super innovative. But you know, also you guys have you do traditional outdoor not even traditional. It's like I feel like everything you do sort of takes a different spin on something that is traditional. So you got the outdoor advertising. Um, tell us about this uh, Deco bike.
0: Deco bike is a really cool program. I, I um, it came to our attention about two years ago that a lot of cities were starting to look at installing bike share programs, and some some of them already had them. But you know, it's tell it's, us bike share as a as a form of mass transportation in major cities. I think it's something that you know, as a company of, like ProMedia, we love getting aligned with already existing brands or brands that are coming up that, are, that serve a purpose. You know, I think there's some idealistic nature in Pearl's minds, I think in our executives and even in all of our employees that you know, we want to wake up every day and sort of influence people's lives. When Deco Bike came around, it was more natural than just, hey, this is a great piece of inventory to reach South Beach. It is. We all know, you know anybody who's bought outdoor before knows it's really tough to buy good outdoor in South Beach proper. So initially, as, a, as an inventory buy, it made sense to us. But then, you know, to kind of understand the the nature of, of people using a bike share system as tourists, as locals, you know, as a means of transportation, there was a lot of fun we felt we could play with. I mean, that goes back to everything we do. It's, it's is this new? Is this different? Can this impact people because it's something they're not predisposed to seeing? And with Deco Bike, you know, we've got, hundred bike stations around the, around the city. We've got uh, 900 bikes cruising around. And then we've just recently spoken to groups like, uh, we just spoke to a mobile provider about having NFC chips embedded in, in the baskets. And they can take that bike, ride it up to a local uh, store, an employee comes out, scans your code, and you get a randomized coupon. So Oh, uh-huh, super cool. You know, a free iPhone cover or, you know, whatever it is, 20% off a year plan or a free plan or whatever the case may be. There's a platform to say, okay, we can sell this thing as media, but we can do more with it as well. Right. And that tends to be a lot of the things we do. I think the only real true exception is our traditional outlet. You know, the big wallscapes that we handle, those are walls. We sell them as inventory. They sort of fund the folly. They're great big units. We're handpicking our, our inventory. But, um, you know, beyond the walls, everything we kind of gather in, we feel like Pearl can add something to this. Because if we couldn't, why wouldn't they just go with the CBS Outdoor or Van Wagner or whatever? No, no knock on them, but they're big inventory. Right. That's not who we are. We're a company that takes something, and, or we like to think we take something and we make it better. The program itself uh, launched back in May for us. We, we launched with H&M. We've got some other clients coming in. In the next few months, and we're gonna do some unique stuff sampling. We're gonna do, uh, we're, we're looking at that mobile program. It's, uh, it's a great platform, it's great for the city of Miami. It's loved down there, I and mean, it's a very eco friendly, health conscious city. Um, and they're expanding Deco Bike, the, the company itself, is expanding into the city of Miami. San Diego, and they're in a, a number of other pitches. So we think we're going to have a much bigger network than we currently do.
2: That's great. And it, it, you know, you got a good sales team when you can sell a wall. Mm. That's <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey. Meeting with 3D mapping, and you walk out <laughs> with a wall. Behind <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> um, so we also hear that you are uh, tying the knot pretty soon. Is that is that true? Is that why you're all t-shirt and jeans? You're getting your last bit of manliness on before you uh, before you lose it all.
0: That is true. That is uh, again, you know, the storm head is probably
2: a little bit more <laughs> right. Yeah, it's more it's more geared towards your life, not not our show. Um, but no, congratulations on that. That's awesome. We, we wish you well on that journey. Um, I do have one last um, kind of fill in the blank thing we do with everybody who's on the show. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. Uh, complete this phrase. Innovation to me is.
0: Innovation to me is connection. It's finding a new way to connect with people that gets them to stop their busy, fast-paced lives and just spend some time with what it is you want to communicate with.
2: That's great. That is really great. That was, that was profound, actually. You like that? Where'd that come from?
0: Uh, I read it off of- <laughs> a
2: fortune cookie. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Uh, Robert, do you have anything else? Uh,
1: my usual ending question is, uh, what's your favorite quote?
0: I don't believe in quotes. You don't believe in quotes? That's a
2: good quote in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, why Why is that? Last thing that came out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, just don't, I, I, uh, I believe in the now. I mean, I, again, we're getting really abstract here. No, it's but.
2: fine. It's, this, this is what Innovation <laughs> Crush is. This is, you know. We, we, yep. like, we like to make people cry a little bit, at, at least once a show, and not just from my jokes.
0: We all, have, uh, we all have our own individual paths. You know, there are things that people have said to me in, uh, in my life that, you know, resonate with me. But, you know, for me, every single day is my moment right now. But uh, I will say this. I will say this. If I had to pick a quote, if gun to my head, I had to pick one quote, one thing someone said to me in my life. Uh, when I was real young, probably too young to hear this, my father said to me once, uh, we were, we were talking about, I was really young. I was going to Catholic, uh, catechism school, CCD. And I came home one day and I'm saying, dad, you know, well, you know, like if I'm not good, I'm going to go to hell and stuff like this. And you know, I, what do I, what can I do to go make sure I go to heaven? And he said, listen, son, I'm going to tell you something, um, that I believe strongly. He said, uh, you go to heaven for the scenery, and you go to hell for the
1: company. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good question.
2: That is good. That's, that's tough. Your dad sounds like a, a pretty uh, tough guy. Um, but, but, yeah. but yeah, man, we thank you so much for uh, joining us today. This is a, an, an incredible conversation and so glad to learn more about you. And your dad's wisdom and the, the wisdom of your company—it's uh, it's really inspiring to, to hear all the cool things. Yeah. Uh, how can people get in touch with you or see what Pearl is up to? You know, the shameless plug time for for you and, and Pearl.
0: Uh, check us out on www.pearlmediaus.com. You can uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We're uh, we're all we better be social
2: with all the stuff. <laughs> you better be. All yeah. right, man. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for having me. All Thanks right. again, man. See
1: you. Allison Johnson. Oh, yes. Thank you, Al, for connecting us with yeah. Anthony.
2: Look her up. You'll find her. All right, guys. Take it easy. Bye. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it Wait for it comedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny.
1: And I love you.
0: A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and 3 comments. Thumbs up, Brooke.